Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast, September 28th edition. We're talking all kinds of MMA. We got lots of stuff going on. We're brought to you by DraftBeast.com. Go there for the most fun you will have in fantasy sports. I said it earlier, the Goon Games. Vontez Perfect is back, so you better pick him up. That, that is a, a no-brainer. Or the Cincinnati defense, whatever you need. We're also brought to you by Trig Tent, brand new political website. Here for you in the heart of election season. That debate on Monday night was more sports entertainment than anything that I watched on the USA Network. I'll tell you that much. Also on it, go to our podcast page, Fightful.com slash podcast. Open up any of our podcast pages, and you will see that on it link. You'll go there. You can check out their supplements, their apparel, their equipment used by the likes of Bailey, Triple H, Cesaro, Seth Rollins, tons of people. Joseph Benavidez of UFC fame. Lots of people giving love to on it. So if you all give some love to on it through those links, it really helps us out. Showdown, Joe, you are back from Japan, my friend. I am, and I think I'm. Well, I think I'm finally recovered from the jet lag. Uh, I missed you, man. I was hoping we could do something out of Japan, but the time change, uh, the 13 hours, 12 hour difference was uh, was kind of difficult for both you and I to try and figure out. But uh, you know, hopefully, if, if Ryzen has me back, we can figure it out so we can actually do one uh, for my hotel in Japan. But thanks for having me, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to be back. I heard rumblings that Fightful.com owner Jimmy Van may try to make a trip to Japan later this year to check out. Ryzen, rumblings. I cannot confirm nor deny. Uh, I can. I cannot confirm nor deny that as well. But I wouldn't be surprised because at that time of the year, there is a lot of stuff going on in Japan, and that is right in his wheelhouse: wrestling, MMA. But uh, you know, if, if there's any time that he could get out there, that would probably be perfect. Yeah, the Tokyo Dome show for New Japan is right after that. Lots of cool stuff going on there. We've got so much to talk about. UFC 205, that the, the most stacked card in UFC history. I feel like we've said that about four times this year, and it didn't end up happening. Uh, <laughs> UFC Portland this Saturday. UFC uh, Brasilia last Saturday. Ryzen. Uh, 
Programming note, guys, as I mentioned, there's some family issues going on. So this weekend's show, not sure when it'll be. Uh, hoping that everything can go according to plan. It appears as if the Thursday and Friday shows are on a schedule, but Joe and I will get to you sometime this weekend, if not right after the show. But after, well, actually, probably we're not coming to you right after the Portland show. That one's not going to end until like one or two in the morning. So probably Sunday at some point. But Joe, you were a part of this, and I actually showed it on on last week's show to Matt Riddle. And when I told Matt Riddle, did you hear that Vanderlei and crazy horse Charles Bennett got into it? And he goes, recently? This is a feud, Joe, that has went on for over a decade. And these two almost got into it in the lobby of a hotel room in which you were seen checking into. <laughs> Would you like my take on how it all went down? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it, it, it all stems back from, uh, I'm at the airport, uh, I'm waiting to, um, take the, uh, a bus to the hotel. Uh, and by the way, the, the folks at Ryzen are, are unbelievable. I mean, they, these guys are pinpoint anything and everything they do. Uh, anyways, I get there, there's a Ryzen sign right there. I introduced myself uh, to the young lady and she's like, Oh, she asked for my name, told her my name. And you know, she gets a bus ticket and takes me out uh, to where the bus is going to come pick me up. Uh, and then I would say three minutes later, I get this hand on my shoulder. I turn around, it's Vanderlei. I said, hey, what's going on? And, you know, we just started shooting the breeze. And we got on the bus together and we, you know, rode to the hotel. It was about a half an hour, I think half an hour, 35 minutes maybe, to the hotel. And we're swapping stories about the kids. Uh, my son, his son, and just this and that. His, his uh, gym in, uh, in Vegas, Brazil. And we're just, you know, we're just talking about, he asked me about my TV show. Everybody, he was in a great mood. Everything was awesome. We're laughing. We got off the, um, uh, the bus. We got to the hotel. Uh, and we're just making sure that, you know, if we need to contact each other, we had the right information. No problem. We walk in, and there's the Ryzen staff, Sean. Uh, you know, hi, guys. How are you? Sign here. Me and Vanderlei sign in, and everything's blah, blah. We're just talking, introducing ourselves. I see Heath Herring. Everything is cool. Uh, Jerry Millen, and we're talking. Uh, okay, all right. Uh, I'm going to check in, guys. Uh, everything is cool. I turn around. And as I begin walking to where you see me in this video, the door opens from the outside and in walks in Charles Crazy Horse Bennett. Now, at the top of his lungs, and obviously I'm not going to use any words that he would use, uh, namely the, the N-word, uh, but he just has his phone out. And he says, can I get a picture with you, N-word? Come on, N-word. I want to get a picture with you. Right? And I'm looking over to my right. And I look over to my left, and it's Vanderlei. And I don't think Vanderlei – I'm going to go with there may have been a misinterpretation because I thought Crazy Horse was being legit, like just saying, hey, you know what? What happened in the past happened. Now that we see each other, it's squashed. Let's get – you know, let's just get a picture. Let's get a selfie together, right? Say to tell everyone it's cool. Vanderlei took that the complete opposite. He basically thought – and remember, there's a, there's a translation issue here, Okay. He obviously lost in translation. He took that as a threat. He took that as he was being mocked. And I just grabbed my suitcase, and I'm looking over. I'm like, they're not going to do nothing here. There's no way they're going to do anything here. And I walk over to where you then see me in the video trying to check in. Now, I'm all here, Sean, is these two guys going at each other. They're going at each other, and I'm just looking over, and that's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And then finally, they just said, crazy horse, you need to go to your room. Go to your room. And they start bringing him to the elevator. And then Vanderlei starts just losing his marbles because – uh, Charles kept saying something. Vanderlei kept saying something. I won't, I won't show you what Vanderlei was doing with his hands, grabbing a certain uh, region of his body numerous times. Um, 
uh, I think Heath Herring, you may have heard him do an interview saying where he, he was acting like a cobra. Well, you know what cobras do, right? Yeah. They spit. Um, so it got really, really hectic. And then, then you see the video go down when they're closer to the elevator and that, that poor Japanese staff member of the hotel trying to just, you know, prevent the elevator from closing. And people are like, you've got to let that elevator close. We've got to, we're trying to separate these guys. Um, you know, and there's just me just trying to sign in. Can I get my credit card back, please? I want my credit card back so I can get to my room. And I'm like, I'm not going to that elevator just yet. Someone's got to watch what's going down here. And it just, it was crazy, crazy, crazy all week. Um, with those two guys, uh, eventually to my understanding, Vanderlei, uh, was moved to another hotel just to avoid, uh, another sort of circus scenario there. Uh, I did find it funny online. People, I saw some people saying, oh, it's typical rising in Japanese uh, MMA. It was all staged. <laughs> it wasn't staged, man. It was far from staged. Then backstage after the event, they, they, they went at each other again. Uh, well, it was more Vanderlei trying to get to, to crazy horse. Cause obviously he just beat his dude, but yeah. So. That's my take, Sean. Speaking of beating his dude, in one weekend, Ryzen took Charles Bennett, who before this year, or before October of last year, had not fought in three years. He is a literally a 500 fighter, 30, 30, and 2, and he's the talk of the town right now. He was, he was who people were talking about. People weren't talking about Mirko Krokop after the show. They weren't talking about Gabby Garcia after the show. They were saying, did you see what Charles Bennett did to Kimura? Did you see Charles Bennett and Vanderlei Silva go at it? He's a star again. I love Japanese MMA. Oh, man. It is. I, I got goosebumps. I mean, I don't know if you guys can see it on the camera. The fact that you just said, I love Japanese MMA. It is a different, a completely different world out there a different way of everything sean the way they do business uh the way ryzen takes care of its staff its fighters how they put on the show um the prep work it's it's just it's so different than what we're accustomed to in north america it is a breath of fresh air uh and i know there's tons of people that are going to say oh this and that from the pride days and and you know yakuza this and blah blah i get that i understand that believe me i get that i totally understand that but my experience over there was just Japanese MMA was back. And it just came in, in a way that was so heartwarming, nostalgic. It was just like, wow, this is awesome. I'm here. I can't – like, is this really happening? It takes me back to my day staying up at 3 in the morning watching the events, trying to find the latest pride on VHS from, from someone. To, Let's take trade, man. Let's try and figure this out. Like, like this – oh, now we're seeing it on pay-per-view and – you know, finally getting the DVDs in, in the mail. It's just like, oh, my God, I was there live, and I got to call it. It was just absolutely unreal. And like you said, Crazy Horse Bennett, that's what the Japanese love. And the one thing that, that blew my mind, um, take nothing away from American promoters, and I'm, I'm talking from Dana White uh, to, to Jeff Erickson, Lex McMahon, uh, whomever you want to talk about from whatever promotion, uh, Terry Treblecock from, from uh, King of the Cage, doesn't matter, great guys. They know how to run their businesses in North America. Um, Nobuhiro Sakikibara, when he spoke to the fighters uh, at the pre-fight weigh-ins, um, we all had the, uh, the earpieces on for, with the translator. Uh, Shingo, who's the matchmaker, was also uh, our, our translator. Um, born and raised in Chi-Town, by the way, I want to mention that. But he lives in Japan now. Obviously, works for Ryzen. Translating everything. And then uh, uh, Sakikibara stops and starts speaking in English. 
and he starts talking to the fighters and it, it, you had to be there to understand what the way it was coming across and the way it was accepted in the room. And he just basically said, here at Ryzen, it's just like we're reviving pride. I don't care if you win. I don't care if we lose. We don't care if you win. We don't care if you lose. All we care about is you make the fans happy and you put on the show of your life. It was just, and the way, and he went on this amazing speech. It was heartwarming. And you could see the fighters all just sitting there, just their forearms are getting tense. And they're just kind of like, yeah, yeah. It was an unbelievable speech. And that's just the way it is over there. They don't care if you win or lose. What they want to see it's is true. a show. They want to see a show. And damn it, Sean Rossap, Charles Crazy Horse Bennett is a show. We're going to talk about rising again in at one moment. I have been sent breaking news, Joe, by one by one Corey Cropper, or as I like to call Mirko Korkrop. (laughs) Apparently, Nikita Krylov has been added to EA UFC two. Joe, I know you've had a lot of big things happen this week. None bigger than this. Not even close. That's that's the greatest. That's it. We can, can we end the podcast here? Let's just put I'm going to, I'm going to play as him tonight. Put it up. I'm going to fire up the game and play as him. Back to Ryzen. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Crow Cop, little known fact, after his second release from the UFC, since then he is 12-2 and two in combat sports between kickboxing and MMA. He won with ease, uh, relative ease. They switched around the bat- brackets afterwards. So they could get a third Vanderlei Krokop fight. I am all on board for that. That's the smart thing to do. It was the right thing to do. You never because I, I would. Oh, I remember the Strike Force GP. People are like, some of these are weird. They should save them for the finals. No, you don't know who's making it to the finals. Do the fight while you can. So later this year, we get Krokop Vanderlei two or Vanderlei three. Oh, what do you think of that? Good move. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you can you can make the argument from both sides. You put them on the opposite sides of the bracket, and then you have them sort of meet in the finals. But you just never know, man. You never know what happens, and injuries take place, and something anything can happen. So uh, the fact that we're getting it uh, is one thing. But but Krokop, man, this guy is is a born again dude, man. He is revived, and and you know, ladies and gentlemen, when when I got to Japan, uh, I finally got my schedule. Tried to figure out when I could connect with Sean in terms of getting the podcast done because I wanted everyone to get a sense of what it was like while I was down there. Um, and and the, the day after I landed was a 13-hour day for Heath Herring and I. Um, started at 9 a.m., ended at 10 p.m. Um, is that 13 hours? Yeah, it's 13 hours um, of interviewing. Just interviews back to back to back with each fighter. We would interview them for 10, 15, 20 minutes. We would get a five-minute break. The next one would roll in, uh, and we, they would just stagger in. Man, when Krokop showed up there... He took one look at Heath Herring, big, huge smile on his face. Uh, it was just kind of like, oh, my God. They shook hands. He looked over at me, and he's like – he points at me, and he's kind of like – I said, Canada. I said, Canada. He's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he looked over at the, at the laptop that was to our left, and he said, his right, and he says, are we recording this? And we're like, no, 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 no. This is just for, for the broadcast. We're going to just shoot the breeze and talk about a bunch of things. Dude, he sits down, relaxes, sinks into his chair, crosses his arms. What's up, boys? sort of like that. And then one question was asked, maybe two, and he went off on this 10-minute diatribe of how his life has completely changed, um, how he's content 
and so happy to be back in Japan. Uh, understands his UFC stint wasn't what it was. Um, you know, he says it's just different the way the Japanese promoters do business versus how the UFC does business. He's so relieved and relaxed to be back in Japan. Uh, his training was completely different. He says I'm rejuvenated again. My numbers have changed in training when we're doing all the circuits and the and the, and the burpees and this and that and pull ups and getting everything timed. And he's like, uh, he goes, I'll tell you one thing. I'm going to surprise both of you guys. And I, I mentioned it on the broadcast. Uh, he goes, I'm going to take this guy down on the ground. I'm going to submit him. Nice. Me, and Heath looked at he, me and Heath looked at each other, tried not to laugh, but we laughed. And Krokop just kind of looked at us like, you're going to see. He goes, I've got this move that I've been working on training. It's a basic judo toss. It's a clinch, tip the, or turn him this way, land on top, and then go for the submission. He goes, it goes as a special submission. I'm going to show you guys. Man, when he landed that fight or landed that trip on young man and then gets the submission, we lost our minds. We lost our minds because it's exactly how we called it, how he predicted. He's like, it's not guaranteed, but I'm waiting for the right moment. And I'm telling you guys, if I get the right moment, nobody has stopped me in training. I'm going to do it in this fight. Lo and behold, he did it. Also, Darren Crookshank picked up a win. Cron uh, Gracie picked up a win. Gabby Garcia picked up a win. Who can they throw at Gabby Garcia? I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, who's, who's really out there that can compete with her? She is just dominant. She-Hulk? She's dominant, man. She's just got anything and everything on every fighter out there, minus striking. If, if they could find, um, you know, a striker. Lady Tapa almost knocked her out in that first fight. Yeah, you know, and she's working on her striking. She said flat out, she goes, I'm obviously a 10-time world BJJ champion, needs to work on her striking. She knows that. Um, and, and what a character she is. Not a character. Um, just just a nice, like, I, I, I th- it, part, pardon the irony, just a nice little girl, you know? Like, she's so, it's like she's sensitive. She just, you know, she during the interview, we're just kind of like, okay. But can she get to 135 and fight Ronda Rousey? Yes. That's the question. <laughs> Close. No. Her her cat like her thigh is about the size of my chest. Like she's just just monster. And when she puts her hands out and you know, I don't know if I even got a picture with her, she posted online. Like I'm like, Hi Gabby, how are you? How was breakfast? How's there? Six Whoa. foot two. Just just and even standing next to Destiny, you're just kind of, you know, and Destiny was just, you know, she's a football player, you know, she's ready to go. She's ready to just, she's amped up. And next to Gabby, I was like, oh my God, like, wow. Okay, cool. So Ryzen, a big success. We streamed it live on Fightful.com, had a live viewing party. By the way, guys, Fightful.com has more live viewing parties than any other website, period. I didn't know that Alaska Fighting Championship existed until I saw on the docket David Tease covering that for Fightful.com tonight. Hot damn. We're covering Brace MMA this weekend. UFC. We've got Ring of Honor Wrestling Friday. Bound for Glory Sunday, if it happens. Unless WWE buys the company out before then. Lots of stuff going on at Fightful.com. Go there. Register absolutely free. I see you raising your hand, Joe. I have a question. Sure. Pardon the sarcasm. Um, is there a course that I could take? So I could speak American. American? Because I was told. Yeah, just. I, I was told that I sound too Canadian by an American. By I, I don't know what that means. Repeat after me. <laughs> I am about to go to Japan again. I am about to go to Japan again. 
Yeah, you sure as hell do sound too Canadian. You know, like I, I was just sitting there and I'm like, I'm too Canadian. What, what does that mean? Like, you, do you want me to learn how to speak? You got American? your flappy head and the Terrence and Philip deal. And like, what can I do to change that? I'm laughing. My, this is me. Stop. This is maybe, maybe stop shooting up maple syrup into your veins. How about yeah. that? Stop riding a moose to work. I mean, I mean, I, 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 we, me, Heath, and we're just dying of laughter when we read that. I'm like, okay, so do I take a, a New York accent course, a Texas accent course, a Louisiana, Mississippi, uh, West Coast? Uh, do, I, do, I, do I need to get a draw? Like, what, how do you, what's American? How do you speak American? You know? Like, if you're Canadian, you sound different if you're from Toronto, Montreal, Quebec City, uh, Newfoundland, Vancouver, uh, you know, Alberta. We, what? It <laughs> was awesome. What? Yeah, guys, go to Fightful.com, register, you get access to our soon-to-be-overhauled forums, columns from Showdown Joe and Vince Russo, when you register for free, no credit card, no money ever required, podcasts from myself, Showdown Joe, Vince Russo, Matt Riddle, some of those you get early access on Fightful.com, only with your free membership, you'll get exclusive backstage news, I've been reporting a lot about the TNA wrestling situation, and then you also get five to seven podcasts a week, viewing parties for WWE, UFC, TNA, Ring of Honor, Bellator, everything on Fight Pass. You get Brandon Howard's financial analysis, our monthly Wikipedia true or false segment, exclusive interviews with the likes of Cyborg, Chael Sonnen, Josh Barnett, CM Punk, Muhammad Hassan, EC3, tons of people. Also, Alex Palowski's reaction articles. We put up the raw YouTube rankings, a little bit of a different metric to, to gauge which segments are getting the attention. Fightful.com, it's the place to be, you guys. Madison Square Garden is going to be the place to be on November 14th. Jesus, Joe. <laughs> Jesus, this show. <laughs> now, I've mentioned this a few times on the show. Just since we've started, like UFC 200 until a couple days before looked like the most loaded show of all time. It ended up not being. It was close. It was a pretty damn good show, but uh, not as much. I'm starting from the bottom up here. Liz Carmouche, former UFC title challenger against Caitlin Chikagan. That's going to be a banger. And, and you got to think, Liz Carmouche, she's fought once in the past two years against a very hot young prospect in Chikagan. Former Bellator champion Lyman Good against your boy, Bilal Muhammad. So that, that's a big one. Jim Miller against UFC 100 title challenger Tiago Alves. Tim Boach, who I equate to all that is man in life. Like, <laughs> like, I don't think he trains. I think he changes oil at the gym all day. Like, he just goes under people's cars. He's changing oil and tires for people. He's facing Natal. Um, Rafael Natal, a veteran of the UFC, of six years he's been there. It doesn't end there. This is just the, the, the low-level prelims, and that's a pretty high level for low-level because it's better than a lot of the fight night cards we've been seeing lately. Then it gets real. Former UFC Bantamweight champion Misha Tate takes on Raquel Pennington, and if Raquel Pennington had a couple of different judges, then she would be 7-0 and in the UFC right now. So that's going to be a big, big, big-time fight. Tim Kennedy returns to take on former UFC light heavyweight champion Rashad Evans at 185. You have lightweight champion Frankie Edgar against – who is he? <laughs> Jeremy. Jeremy Stevens. 
<laughs> we'll get to that momentarily. <laughs> Michael Johnson, who is a Cincinnati Bengals player, a four-time Olympic gold medalist. Oh, wait, not that's not the no, same Michael no, Johnson. No, no, no. Unfortunately, yeah, I wish he would come out in gold shoes though, like the the Olympi- the Olympian did. Yeah. Well, he's taking on Khabib Nurmagomedov, and he's facing a very pissed off Khabib Nurmagomedov. Now, what this is, this is probably one of the fastest strikers in the division against the best wrestler in the division. That's awesome. Donald Cerrone against Kelvin Gastelum. Awesome top 10 welterweight fight. Former UFC middleweight champion Chris Weidman taking on Yoel Romero, who, uh, you know, medaled in the Olympic Games. You have Karolina Kavolkiewicz taking on Joanna Janjacek for the Women's Strawweight Championship. Tyron Woodley defending the Welterweight Championship against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. And Eddie Alvarez defending the Lightweight Championship against Featherweight Champion Conor McGregor. Joe, your thoughts? Dear Jimmy Van, you please send Sean and I to New York, Madison Square Garden, UFC in NYC at MSG. Come on. We'll do a live show. This is a ridiculous card. MMA gods, please, under no circumstances, should you just just watch over these fighters. Make sure their training camps are absolutely the best they've ever had. Let every single one of these bouts take place. Uh, just let karma gods, whatever you want to call it, whatever you believe in, let them just train and be happy and, and come in at 100% because this card is stupid. It is stupid ridiculous. I can't wait for this thing to go down. Uh, and, and like you said, you mentioned that those those first four fights, I mean, if those are on the fight pass prelims, that's ridiculous. I mean, it's crazy. Sounds, sounds like you're getting a six-fight main card. Right? Well, no, you yeah. can. You've got three title fights, right? Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, you can't. You can't. It's going to be – you might get four fights on the main card. Don't be surprised. I think they'll still do five. I think they'll still do five. Yeah. I really do. But I wouldn't be surprised if they do do four. Man. Whew. That show. It's something. They did a press conference yesterday to to uh, announce these. This really all came together last moment. It was Conor McGregor, as usual, dominating. I will say Eddie Alvarez did pretty good hanging with him. The sunglasses thing where... McGregor dared him to make him take off the sunglasses. Then McGregor, when staring him down, took them off himself. And Alvarez is like, you just took them off yourself. I don't have to make you. (laughs) But, man, Jeremy Stevens got ethered. Like, it was bad. Poor guy. Uh, He he does hit really hard. He is among the hardest hitters at 145. He cut off a question and said, Conor McGregor TKO's people. When I hit him, when I hit them, they don't move. Conor McGregor paused, and he said, who in the F is that guy? And everybody laughed, including the other fighters. And Jeremy Stevens kept trying. We're going to have an article up on it in the morning. Even afterwards, he was like, he knows who I am. Called him a leprechaun, a bunch of stuff. He was, he was reaching. I'm talking like end of Space Jam, Michael Jordan from across the court, Looney Tunes reaching. It was pretty bad. 
You heard this segment on mainstream radio, you said. Yeah, on the way to um, uh, some of the consulting work that I do up here for uh, my friend's place, um, I'm driving and, you know, mainstream radio here, uh, it's actually the station I used to work at, Sportsnet uh, 590 The Fan. And um, as I'm driving up there, the host of the morning show basically says, you got to hear what Conor McGregor was doing. And they started arguing about, was Conor McGregor, uh, Nate Diaz bigger than Mayweather Pacquiao? And they're just going back and forth, back and forth. He's like, okay, anyways, forget all that, guys, and blah, blah, blah. Here's what Conor McGregor said uh, to Jeremy Andrews. And I'm like, who's Jeremy Andrews? And I'm like, oh, he's a fighter on the card. He's competing on the undercard. I'm like, I know this is Jeremy Stevens, but he's like, oh, yeah, Jeremy Andrews got on the mic. And, and I was like, oh, he's just, I don't think he's realizing what he's reading. He's just going off the top of his head. Blah blah. He corrected himself afterwards, but then they played the clip, and right away when I heard Jeremy Stevens' voice, I'm like, yeah, of course, that's Jeremy Stevens right there. And I'm driving up the highway, and I'm just trying to contain bodily fluids as I'm driving because I'm just laughing so hard as Conor McGregor does turn around and basically say, what did he say? He said, who the are you? And I was just like, oh, or who is this guy? And I'm like, that's Conor McGregor, man. That's just, it's, you can't match wits with him. You can try and match wits with him, there aren't that many that can. I mean, short of Chael Sonnen, who can match wits with this guy? This guy on the microphone is just magnetic. Um, you know, is he for everyone? No, but he's fantastic. And he's just gotten so big. He's gotten so popular that that name resonates in mainstream radio, at least here in Canada. I'm not sure what it's like down in the States, but anything this guy does. I mean, his press conferences now are – this is what George St. Pierre used to do. This is what Chael Sonnen used to do. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy – how big Conor McGregor has turned himself. And I remember before he even got to the UFC uh, and the stuff he was doing, I'm like, this guy's got it. Like this guy, I remember talking to Dana about this. This kid's good. This kid's really good. He can fight, uh, you know, give him time, build him up. And uh, well, they didn't build him up. They just, he just took off. He gets on the mic and the guy's fantastic. He's absolutely crazy. So anything and everything he says, I mean, they've got Conor McGregor clips on the show whenever a guest says something really, really bad. They just they hit the button and it's Conor McGregor rips them and they just, it's just crazy. So he's gotten so big in Canada that it's just you know I'm, I'm really happy and proud of him for sure. Eight champions or former champions on the show. When all is said and done, I think an additional four possible former title challengers on the show. It's it's loaded. It's a loaded show. Uh, Tyron Woodley heavily booed. Joanna and Jacek came across as a star at this press conference. They were chanting her name. She just says, hi, New York, and they went absolutely nuts. She is one of those girls who has a certain charm about her that it, she doesn't come across as fake. If she doesn't like somebody like Claudia Gedalia, she's letting them know. Um, but she still seems like a very, very sweet. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply woman and I, like she has that sweet charm to her but man she will slaughter you and uh this fight dana white said that joanna is part of the reason that carolina got her job was because she said that she eventually wanted to beat her so people didn't think that and i quote this bitch was the baddest woman in uh poland 
So um, that's awesome. UFC 205. Hot damn. Hot damn. I can't wait for that. You know, weeks like that, they're very, very, very busy weeks at the site. But, Joe, I know you've been there. It's like you can't wait to work. You can't wait to cover it. You can't wait to see what happens next. Totally. Totally. It's cards like this that, you know, you look forward to. And and take nothing away from all the the fighters that are competing on the fight night cards and the other pay-per-views because, you know, they put in just as much work as these ones here. But it's just name recognition. It's it's brand – uh, you know, it's branding that these guys do. They're just fantastic. And, you know, Conor McGregor ripping into Eddie Alvarez for not renegotiating the fight and the money oh, yeah. by signing with the money he's already got on his contract. You just, oh, my God, you don't do that, you know. But then you had Chael Sonnen that says John Jones is hiding under the ring for three, four hours trying to avoid a test from, the, you know, it's the commission. So well, never there's certain things you don't I say, but wow. Live in the air and you, hadn't heard, you hadn't heard that he said that story yet. Yeah, man. That was, that was fun. Well, we had UFC Brasilia this weekend. Chris Cyborg against Lena Landsberg. Landsberg said that in her 80-plus tie fights and her, like, eight MMA fights – she has never felt anything board gave her. I, you know what? I believe it. I believe it. A couple of things I noticed. Cyborg got warned for holding the fence a few times. This isn't condemning Cyborg, but you can't warn somebody four or five times without taking a point. Not that it would have mattered, but I'm talking about refereeing in general. You can't do that. you got to take a point after, I don't know, twice. Yeah, warn once, point twice, gone. Sure. Cyborg looked real good, real good. And Landsberg hung in there until the middle of the second round. So this renews the Rousey Cyborg talk. Do you think that fight ever happens? Uh, Do I think that fight ever happens? Um, It's a part of me, Sean. Every time I try and look at something on my screen here, you slow down so I can't look at my screen. Uh, I'm going to say based on... Yeah, I think it's going to happen. I, there, there's a well. I'm trying to remember the age difference between Cyborg and um, and Ronda. I think it's six years, maybe seven. No, 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 no. I think it's like three or four. Okay, so they're much closer in age then. Well, then it's Cyborg gonna... just turned Cyborg turned 31. No, two years. Rousey is 29. Cyborg is 31. Okay, so they're just two years. I don't know why I thought there was a big age gap there. So I think that we're going to probably see. Um, a Mayweather slash Pacquiao type of situation where Mayweather continues to quote unquote push this fight as far as possible until um, he noticed that Pacquiao began slowing down and he wasn't slowing down. Perfect time to fight him. Uh, I think this is what, you know, potentially might happen um, with Ronda Rousey's camp, just kind of push Cyborg until she starts slowing down. Then it's the best time to fight because in my opinion, if this fight takes place right now, and it's what I've said since day one, it's what I've said forever um, you know, Cyborg would, would, would hurt Ronda Rousey. It's just a different style matchup. I think that if she fought the way she did against Leslie Smith, I think she would absolutely just dominate Ronda Rousey. I think if she fought the way she did against Lena Landsberg, I think that Ronda Rousey has a much better chance because if it goes into round two and the majority of that is spent in the clinch, I think Ronda Rousey bodes much better than if she strikes at range like she did against Leslie Smith and puts her away in 80 seconds. Because as we've seen, the blueprint to beat Ronda Rousey is out there. Now you have to wonder, would Ronda Rousey fight the way she did against Holly Holm ever again? 
well, something tells me that if Edmund Tverian is leading the charge, she probably will. <laughs> I saw that coming before your, before your light bulb in your head well, went you off. No, it's a good thing you saw it coming because Edmund Tverian probably wouldn't. And if he did, it would smack him right upside the head and he would say, beautiful champ, beautiful. Either way, legitimately, I think if she fought the way she did against Leslie Smith, she struck at range, she would back up Smith against the cage and unload. Uh, that's picture perfect for Ronda Rousey based on what we've seen. Also, based on what we've seen, you don't want to get in the clinch with Ronda Rousey because I, I, I had figured up a stat at one point. There was only one woman up until the home fight that had gotten out of a clinch of Ronda Rousey's on her own volition. That was Sarah McMahon, who was an Olympian. And then seconds later, she was put in the clinch and then kneed in the, in the liver. So that's a, that's a fight I, I want to see so, so bad. So, so bad. And I wish there was a way. I wish there was a way to have these two both at their peak. You know what I mean? At their yeah, peak physical condition. Because there's no way to do it. Because Ronda Rousey isn't her, at her peak at 140 or 145. And Chris Cyborg... The thing about Chris Cyborg, she might not even be at her peak at 145. Her peak might be at like 155, like for all we know. But as few people as there are at 145, there ain't anybody at 155 except Charmaine Tweet when she decides to fight there, and Cyborg already killed her. So it's it's this weird conundrum. It's this weird situation. I don't know, but I would love to see that fight. Cyborg looked awesome per usual looked awesome, said that she was only interested in 140 for super fights. And, Joe, I don't disagree with her. You know, I've said a lot about Cyborg and her weight and stuff, but if the people that she's fighting are Leslie Smith and Lena Landsberg, then just don't cut the extra five pounds. Like, if it's Misha Tate or Amanda Nunes or or anybody else, any top 10 UFC bantamweight, sure, do 140. But these girls, what's the point, Joe? Yeah, I, I, I'm in total agreement with you. Look, Cyborg fights at 145. These ladies fight at 135. Let's meet in the middle. It's not rocket science. Let's meet Leslie in the middle. Smith would, would fight at 125 if there was such a thing. Yeah, and the same thing with Ronda Rousey. I mean, in, in this fight here, meet in the middle. Simple. 140. I worry that Cyborg would not even be at her physical peak there, though. Which, to be honest with you... I thought that the, the division to begin with should have been a 140-pound division. That's what I thought, like, because you had a lot of girls back then that would kind of go back and forth, you know. There were a lot of them that did that, and I thought 140 was perfect. I thought that would have been really great because there weren't as many girls back then. Now, sure, there's plenty of 135ers. Also on this show, Roy Nelson created some controversy, which we will talk about. Uh, we'll talk about his fight, but after he knocked out, well, I guess we can now. After he knocked out Bigfoot Silva, he gave John McCarthy a little boot on the ass. Like, he thought that the fight was stopped a little too late. It was a terrible fight. But after setting the precedence with Jason High, Joe, don't you think it'd be a little hypocritical to not shit can this guy? Yeah, it's, it's, listen, uh, I consider Roy Nelson a friend. Uh, a guy that him and his wife have always taken care of me uh, anywhere and everywhere. Um, but you can't touch a referee. You just, you simply can't, um, you know, and, and uh, again, full disclosure, John McCarthy, 
you know, my two certificates there from John McCarthy. I know John McCarthy very, very well. Um, so it, it was a weird one for myself to, to watch. But the bottom line is, is you can't touch a referee. Um, Dana White, you know, went off on it uh, on one of his podcasts. There was a guest on the, on the podcast. Um, he went off and said that, that they should bury, um, the commission should bury Roy Nelson. And I thought to myself, well, what, well you kind of bury Jason High. I, I don't understand. Like, why aren't you just doing it to Roy Nelson? I know for a fact you and Roy Nelson do not get along. Uh, what's happening here? Is he there because... I'll tell you what's uh, happening. Bellator didn't want Jason High. They want Roy Nelson. That's a very, very good analogy right there. Yeah, I can see that. Exactly. So, um, and I guess Roy does have a bit of draw that the UFC... If that's, if that's the theory, Roy does have enough draw power, drawing power that he would bring a lot of... Bell, uh, just, again, Bellator is like sort of building, you know, almost like, like a pile, right? It's just slowly yeah. but surely going before you know it. They're this big end. But I mean, it can happen. He he's never beat a top ten guy in the UFC. He is against current UFC fighters. Joe two and eleven is Roy Nelson. Also, he's dumb as hell. He had the balls to say that he had won three fights in a row when he lost to Derek Lewis. And I thought that the card in his favor was very. I, I didn't think that he won that fight. But either way, he's nowhere near a title shot, and had the balls to say he was. He's done weird things like solicited Facebook likes, said if he got to 100,000, he would drop to 205. And I think a lot of people did it. I've thankfully wasn't dumb enough to do it, but did it for his own health. Like maybe do that. But Bellator would sign him or Ryzen would sign him or somebody's going to sign him. Speaking of Ryzen, I would like to see Bigfoot Silva cut from the UFC and be at Ryzen because – I'll not skirt the issue. The drug testing over there is probably non-existent. But this is a guy who needs TRT. If I could to stop function. you real, if I could stop you real quick, it's not the drug testing that you and I would like to see. But uh, I mentioned Sakibara and the speech. The doctors are there as well, explaining what would happen to every single fighter post-fight. They have to stay within the presence of a doctor uh, to provide uh, a urine sample, which would be A tested and B tested. So they are doing drug tests. Just not on, uh, on on something you and I would be like, you know, listen, you, you, you can't just do it fight night. It's got to be random. Sure. It's got to be, you know, whatever, you know, World Anti-Doping Association because you can't really use USADA. Well, you can, but you can't. You know what I'm saying? So they are drug yeah. testing in Japan, just not well, the way we'd like it. Big Bigfoot needs TRT for his everyday life. He's got acromegaly. Yeah. He doesn't need to be getting knocked out as a result. And he is now – he's won one fight of his last eight. It's time to let it go. It's time to let it go. For this, and you know what? He might get paid a little more at Ryzen than he is in UFC too, because he is got a tweet. Are you? I don't know if you're. Uh, if you got a dude, write down six numbers right now. Write down six numbers. Sure. There's a report that just came on my phone right now that says manager expects Bigfoot Silva to be released. Head overseas comments on Roy Nelson kick. Dude, you need to write six numbers down and go play lottery. Hey, there we go. There we go. It needs to happen. It really needs to happen for his own safety. Um, I'll say this, too. I don't see Hen and Burrell beating any top five featherweights. Not a one. Did you have the opportunity to see anything of him and Felipe Nover, who is, like, not, not definitely not a top 15 guy, but uh, – 
That was that was not a good fight as well. <laughs> it was a really bad fight. Felipe Nover. Let me let me pull up his record real quick. Whew. I hear what you're one saying. And the fact that it one and the five in the UFC. Sorry, yeah, I hear what you're saying. The fact that Hayden Burrell went the decision with Felipe Nover is is continuing to puzzle all of us because Felipe Nover, great, you know, he's a good fighter, but he's not Anderson Silva. I remember that. Yeah, that of was course. what? That was crazy. Yeah, according to Dana White years ago. But I mean, Hayden mm-hmm. Barrow. I mean, what's? I mean, it's one of those things that you and I often talk about where we kind of get sidetracked. It's like how the mighty have fallen. One, he's won two of his last five. But Felipe Nover, Mitch Gignon, not the the highest profile of names. Also, I want to call out the UFC rankings panel because I. I want to fight these humans, Joe. Half over half of the panel, over half of the panel has Antonio Bigfoot Silva in their top fifteen heavyweights. It's inexcusable. It's stupid. It's a farce. And these are shown on Fox Networks. I hate it. It pisses me off, Joe. I'm pissed off about it. I you know what I did? Call me crazy. Go ahead. I don't care. I, just I tweeted. Can't you said you want to fight these human beings. I want to awesome. fight them. I want to fight them. I tweeted a couple of people and I said, "Bigfoot in your top fifteen. Explain." You know how many tweets back I got? None. None. They won't own up to it. Dorks. <laughs> what a bunch of dorks. You're terrible, Sean. You're terrible. Man, pissing me the hell off. UFC Portland this Saturday. We got to figure out a time we're going to do a show, Joe. Headlined by a real banger. I can't wait for this main event. John Lineker, John Dodson. Ooh, these are the kind of fights that you watch MMA for. Yeah, I mean this. This is this is the fight. I mean. Um... They haven't announced uh, on the broadcast on Saturday. They didn't mention anything about Dominic Cruz as next opponent. No. Then this main so. event. I mean, is this not going to determine who's the, who, the, who the next contender is? I, I don't think I mean, if, they, if they were going to say Andre Feely was going to be the challenger, they would have said it by now. Uh, Garbrandt, maybe. Sorry, they may Garbrandt. wait and see bad. how. I mean, sorry, sorry, Cody. Yes. Yeah, Andre Feely. <laughs> He's on this show. Yeah. But these are two former flyweights who, for different reasons, didn't either get their shots or make it. John Lineker because he had weight issues. John Dodson because he ran into the wall of Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. This is power versus skill, speed, and technique. How do you think this one goes? This one, uh, like I said, this is one of the reasons you watch MMA. Yeah, this is, I mean... I don't think John Dotson will be suckered into to getting into a brawl with John Lineker. I think he's going to play the game smart. Uh, he's got 25 minutes, uh, plenty of time to use it. Uh, I think he's going to be just play at range, use his footwork, use his speed, use his angles, and not get stuck in that brawl. Because if he gets into if he gets stuck into uh, a bomb fest with John Lineker, I I put money on John Lineker. That dude there just has a way of of taking shots and giving them, and he's always you know feels like he's always the last man standing. In those exchanges, I just think John Donson's going to be a very, very cerebral and smart fighter, uh, and really just use just just try and shock and awe John Lineker into thinking that they're in a stand-up war. Bang, take him down on the ground, uh, stand back up, and just continue just to you know paw away at him until the opportunity comes to finish him. That's the way I see it going down. But 
It is MMA. And if Lineker lands one of those punches, Sean, Dotson could be in trouble big time. Former Bellator champion Will Brooks taking on uh, Alex Cowboy Oliveira. He's won, Oliveira has won four of his last five. His only loss in that period to uh, Donald Cerrone. This fight at 155, Oliveira has been competing primarily at 170 for the past year and a half. Will Brooks didn't look too impressive in his first fight, but I mean, octagon jitters, all that good stuff. He's facing a real test in Alex Oliveira, a test that, you know, is a little under the radar. A lot of people don't know Alex Oliveira. What are you looking for out of Will Brooks here? Because he has to do something big to really push himself towards that, that top 10. Well, you mentioned his octagon debut and, and the UFC jitters. And, you know, I, I could definitely buy into that. Uh, but he also, after the fight, said, you know, let's, let's take care of some, some old business with Eddie Alvarez. You go and say that about the UFC lightweight champion. Guess what? In your next fight, uh, I hate to say you got to finish your guy, but you got to finish your guy. You got to make a statement yeah, in this to. fight. Yeah, and and you, you probably should have the guy before that. Yeah, that, that's that, that, and that's basically what I'm saying. Like you shouldn't have said that after this fight. Now that you said it, well, guess what? You're fighting Cowboy Oliveira, uh, who's a tough dude, man. The kid can go. So you're gonna have to finish this guy, in my opinion, if you want to even be considered anywhere. In the title mix, he's got a bit of way to go because this division is retarded. It's just, sorry, that was a bad term. Uh, is ridiculous. Um, I just want to see this fight go down and see if Will Brooks can actually, you know, within 15 minutes, do enough damage to Oliveira to then make a statement and then go back on the mic and say, hey, you know what, blah blah blah, the Alvarez, blah blah, Conor McGregor, blah blah blah, division. You know that that's what I'd like to see. It's a pretty good fight. I'm looking forward to it, but. Like there are so like I see that UFC 205 card and then I see this card and I'm like, not so glamorous, not so glamorous. Either way, Josh Berkman's taking on Zach Atow. Now Berkman is a dude. He went on a real hot streak in World Series of Fighting. Beat Gerald Harris, Aaron Simpson, John Fitch back to back to back. Lost to Steve Carl and his career's never really been the same. He's been facing some. He was facing some pretty high level guys: Hector Lombard, Dong Hyun Kim, Patrick Cote. Drop to lightweight, mixed results here. He's, in my opinion, he has to win to keep his job. Because if you lose to a guy who nobody knows after starting your UFC career off with one win in five fights, you got to make an impression. I concur 100%. And, and just to go back to the comment you just made, Sean, about, you know, we look at UFC 205 and then we look at this card here. It just goes back to what, you know, we've discussed at length, you know, I did some of the articles that I write. You and I talked about it all the time. You know, there was a time when the UFC, before this Fox deal, was the Super Bowl of MMA. It was the best of the best competing. Now, it's the best of the best. It's it's A-level, B-level, C-level. They've, they've A lot of the guys that we're seeing on this card, for example, these are grassroots MMA fighters. These are guys that should be champions or competing on grassroots shows. And, you know, the UFC, you know, I'm not saying they should ever go back to just 12 shows a year. Uh, but that's what it used to be. It used to just be a pay-per-view driven business. I would like to have seen uh, 24 shows a year, one in the middle of the month, or sorry, pay-per-view, followed by a fight night, followed by a pay-per-view, followed by a fight night, and you just carry it on across the year as opposed to fights every single weekend with names and, and, and guys that are just, we don't know who they are really. You know what I think would make it easier if they went to 10 fights a show? Maybe 11 just in case something happens. Because... Let's see, four, 12. There are 12 fights. 
show. And that's, you know, maybe less than usual, but they got to serve Fight Pass. They got to serve Fox and sometimes pay-per-view. It's, it's rough, but I've mentioned this before. Baseball is trying to find a way to make their game shorter. WWE and MMA are trying to just expand it and expand it. It's rough. Luis Smoka against Brandon Moreno. Moreno is a replacement for Sergio Pettis. Did you see the video that Smoka put out last week in regards to this? No, I didn't know. So he put out a video, and he got hammered for it. And he was like, oh, sorry to hear that Sergio pulled out. I've got him some tampons for his injured vagina and yada, yada, yada. And he got wow hammered for it. Now, here's the situation he's in. Unless he smokes this guy, no, no pun intended, uh, he's going to look like a real asshole, like a real asshole. He already looks like a real asshole, but now he's against a guy who is on a, an eight fight winning streak who finishes guys with regularity quickly, who has a great ground game is more experienced than him. And if he loses, oh man, he's as good as cooked. I mean, he's going to keep his job. He's a good fighter. He's a great fighter. Won four in a row in the UFC, but you can't. And, you know, the thing, the saying that in general, like, come on. Sergio Pettis is a gamer. He is, I think, at one point last year, he had already caught up to his brother, Anthony, as it pertained to UFC fights, which should tell you plenty. What, what do you think about about the way he approached that and the pressure that's got to be on him now? Yeah, it's you're, you're right. I think your assessment is bang on. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say because, you, in my opinion, you nailed it on the head. You can't. First of all, you can't go out and say stuff like that. I mean, I'm not saying that that like it's just not everybody's cultured, Sean. You know what I'm saying by sure. that? It's like you know, I, I'm accused of making certain mistakes sometimes and. But, you know, but I know what not to say or what to correct myself right away uh, and not to just put out a video or record a video, look at it, and say, yeah, post it. What? Don't do that. You should know better than to use that terminology uh, to talk about anybody else because it's, it's damn offensive to a lot of people. Uh, you got to be a lot more cognizant of what you're saying out there. At the same time, you've painted yourself into a corner right now. Totally put all this pressure on yourself well, you could, it's, the pressure was already there because you're supposed to win this fight now. Now you've just made it a virtual guarantee that you better win this fight. For all we know, Sean is going to win this fight. Okay? It, it's just the way it's going to go, discussing it. But the pressure you've got to put on yourself now is unnecessary. Just focus on training. Focus on the fight. You don't get Sergio Pettis. Totally understand that. Do what you got to do. Now, Smoker could be watching us right now and saying, look at these two clowns. Watch me. Watch how fast I smash this guy. Well, okay, cool, but a lot of pressure on yourself now. You know what the most surprising thing about this show is? Tell me. Tamden McCrory is still only 29 years old. Tamden McCrory, the barn cat, is awesome. I remember seeing him fight Pete Spratt in 2007. Yeah. Dustin Hazlett, remember that fight? Yeah. He's still 30, but he, he retired years ago because uh, I don't want to get into that. Local, local MMA politics, in my opinion, were at play there. Some bad leadership, in my opinion, was uh, the result of Dustin Hazlett hanging it up so early. But either way, Tanda McCrory fighting Nate Morkport. This is a good matchup, I think. I think this is an interesting matchup. 
Well, you know how your boy absolutely just like the world re- revolves around Nikita Krylov? Uh-huh. My former producer uh, at Sportsnet, uh, Bobby T, Bobby Torrens. What's up, my man? Um, Tanya McCrory is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Tanya McCrory, McCrory is the great, the, I mean, any, any news that came out about the barn cat, we would celebrate at work because he loved him so much. He just thought it was the greatest thing ever. And I remember like my, my, my Bobby's, you know, really good friend, um, was a superstar, uh, in the NHL. Um, you know, a, a multiple time Stanley cup winner, gold or gold medalist, uh, world cup winner so he's been around professional athletes his whole life uh involved in hockey and the ufc from brock lesnar to george st pierre he was around me the whole time man when tam mccrory was walking down the, the mandalay bay or mgm i'm trying to think of where it was i think it was the mandalay bay down the hall because tam is really tall and as he yeah. was walking down i just saw my producer going and my producer was a good six five six four you know 240 250 Hope I'm not seeing it too much, but he was just like in awe. I was like, yeah, this idol. You know, it's just like, what's wrong with you, man? Like, come on. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that, that's a great matchup, I think. Uh, Joe Silva did a very good job putting that one together because I'm like, that. that's like, I just think of that and I'm like, interesting. I would have never thought to pair those two together, but there you go. Hakran Diaz, uh, top 15 UFC featherweight, taking on Andre Feely. I'm not sure. Well, I know that Diaz got the wins over Alcantara and Elkins, but man, it seems like he never fights, even though he's fought every year since 2012. But since 2012, in those four years, he does only have six fights, which is not as many as a lot of people. Uh, He has never finished inside the UFC, and he's facing a guy, Andre Feely, who really likes to go at it. This is one I'm interested in just to see who imposes their will on the other. Yeah, it, but this is this is the whole thing. This is the opposite of, of recency bias when you think about it, right? Because, you know, Hakran Diaz has competed, but we've seen so many people compete since his last fight that we forget, oh, yeah, Hakran Diaz. Oh, when did he fight again? Oh, and you're looking, you're like, oh, yeah, I saw that one. That was a while ago. But it's like he, it seems like he never fights. You can make the argument about so many of the fighters in the UFC roster. It's just, just so many fights, dude. There's just so many, um, you know, events and so many bouts uh, but then you get a belt like this where people aren't talking about it. But unless you're a hardcore fan, you're looking at this and you're like, hey, man, this is a solid fight. You wish this one was sort of on another card or, you know, was happening somewhere else. But this is where it's at. It's on a preliminary Fox Sports 2 card. And this is probably going to steal the show. It could steal the show minus the main event. I completely agree. Not a whole lot else to talk about on this show. We'll talk about it after it happens. Joe... Any final words for the people before we go? Yeah, I know you and I talked about, um, you know, joking around that I'll be going back to Japan. There's no guarantee that I'll be going back to Japan uh, for the December show. My fingers are crossed. They hated Uh, you? Did they hate you? No, 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 no. They definitely liked me, uh, but there's no guarantees for me uh, and for Heath in general. So we're just kind of waiting by the wing and, you know, just kind of, okay, come on, please, please email me, call me. Let's figure this out. Who, but who brought you, Ryzen or EverSport? Ryzen. Nice. Yeah. Well, we streamed it live on the site. Got a lot of compliments about your work there. I thought it was excellent. Thank you. I loved the reaction to Crazy Horses Knockout. 
And <laughs> did she? I mean, it's, it's a big blur to me. But post fight and, and some of his uh, terminology and his antics, I was just like, oh my god, do I acknowledge? Do I not acknowledge? Do I keep my mouth shut? And I'm looking at Heath, and I'm like, oh boy, what do we do? This is crazy. What is he doing in there? What is he saying? So yeah, it's that that kind of stuff. There, it's just you can only do so much, right? Indeed, I thought it was great. Very happy for you. One of the best in the business, in my opinion, guys. I am back tomorrow at 2 p.m. with Matt Riddle. Sign up at Fightful.com. Members-only podcast. You'll get exclusive access to it for the first several days if you register for a free account at Fightful.com. Also, share our, uh, share Fightful.com on Facebook and Facebook groups, Reddit, Twitter, all that stuff. Getting a little tongue-tied here. It's been a long week, a long week. But guys, you miss me, Sean. Don't lie, you miss me. Just say it. I wanted to do it. I wanted to do a show last weekend. I'm hoping we can figure it out this weekend. I, I'm sure we will. But I just got to make sure that the timing is right and all that good stuff. But guys, until tomorrow afternoon, we are out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.